You're listening to TBD, a podcast for brilliant coaches, consultants, helpers, and healers creating their best work and their most meaningful contribution. I'm your host, Megan Hale, business strategist and thought partner to help you distill your wisdom into your most potent offers and the multiple six figures that go with it. I'll be the first to tell you though, as someone who's done it, this path is far from a straight line. There are highs, there are lows, and so many moments of uncertainty in between. But if there are two things I know to be true, it's you always know what you need to know when you need to know it. And the next right step is always on its way. Let's do this. Hello, hello, my friends, and welcome back to the show. We have two more episodes in our Dream Money series, and I've been having so much fun breaking down this acronym. So if you are just now joining us, definitely check out all the episodes starting at episode 19, because it is such a good money conversation. Not to mention, our topic today is also going to be an invitation to get more deliberate with your money by baking a give back into your business. That's also an intentional way to create more meaning between you and your money, and I know you're going to to love this one. Before we dive in, though, I am fresh back from seeing a dear client and colleague, Robin Goble, after her book was published a couple of weeks ago, and then I recovered from COVID last week, so I am finally getting back into routine, and I'm so grateful to finally be feeling better. So stay well out there, y'all. It took a full week to recover, and I'm still at about like 90, 95%, so we're getting there, but seeing Robin was just uh, so good, so, so good. We have worked together for two years now, and to finally get to see each other in person was just the best. The online world is so wild sometimes because you get to know people so well, simply seeing them on Zoom week after week. But when you get to hang out in person, it's like seeing someone you've seen a thousand times. Like it's so normal, but also so much better. (laughs) So it was truly an epic weekend getting to celebrate her and her book, getting to go to her book signing, getting to collaborate with her book editor, Holly Timberline. I got to have dinner with her whole family afterwards and then spend the whole next day walking on the shores of Lake Michigan talking about 2024 dreams that will soon be translating into her 2024 Dream Money Blueprint on our next Zoom call. And I also got to spend a good amount of time at her house with her husband and son eating homemade tomato soup from the garden and getting to see her office in real life versus just behind her on Zoom. So it was just such a beautiful, beautiful week. And it really made me miss more in-person events with my people where I get to hug you in real life and spend time together in the same space, sometimes not even talking about anything, right? Like just being there together. So there were definitely some beautiful seeds planted for that, but it was a really meaningful time to see people's response to Robin's book and see her community turn out for her in real life and also get to meet her support team, her family, her childhood best friend, the people who love her and champion for her and cheer for her work and impact. Uh, It was the best. So Robin, if you are listening, I'm so grateful for our time together and I cannot wait to do it again soon. So my friends, we are talking all about meaningful giving today, why to do it, how to do it, how I got started and an intentional action step to help you get started too. So if you have ever joined me for Leap Week or my One Key Offer Masterclass, which you can sign up for in the show notes, you know I talk about seven key financial needs that are unique to us as business owners, right? And so to break these down really quickly, we have our personal expenses, which are perhaps one of the most important. They're likely the reason that you started your business to begin with. So your business is really supporting your life, right? 
We also have our business expenses, which basically keep the lights on so we can continue doing our work in the world. We also have taxes because this is a part of living in society where we're collectively paying for essential quality of life things, right? Or that's the goal, at least. We also have business savings, which is essential for having more than enough money and an oh shit fund if and when you need it, okay? And this is really, really key for setting into abundant money. We also have our reinvesting needs. And this is one financial need that I see a lot of entrepreneurs overlook, but this is what allows us to reinvest back into our business every single year. But it also gives you like a sustainable amount so that you should be reinvesting every single year. So you're not detracting too much from your profit. Okay. And this one is really, really important because I don't know about you, but I don't know everything there is to know about business, right? Like I'm going to have to hire some people. I'm going to have to learn from some people. And that is going to be an ongoing need for as long as we're in business. The next financial need is hiring. So we do not have to keep doing everything on our own, right? And there are hiring options at literally every level of business. And lastly, I also talk about giving, which is an essential ingredient for creating more connection and purpose behind your money as you intentionally allow it to ripple out in the world, okay? Now, these seven key needs have been developed over the years of working in my dream money blueprint. And where this all started was really finding profit first back in 2018 and just letting this system evolve and grow from there. Okay. So profit first lays out four key needs. The first is your personal expenses, which they call owner's comp. Your second is your business expenses, which is called OPEX or operational expenses. You have taxes, and then you also have business savings, which is called profit. Although I use this account fairly differently than profit first. Okay. And so over the years, I have found it helpful to break things down even further based on the most common needs of my clients, especially ensuring that we know what sustainable margins look like for hiring and reinvesting, because these can get quite high, quite easily, and totally detract from how much you're able to pay yourself or how much profit you have left at the end of the year, okay? But in 2018, when I first got started with all of this, I had a few core goals. Become business debt-free, which I did by paying off 30K of debt in 10 months, and become a giving company, which I also did starting in October of 2018 after I paid off that debt, and something I've maintained ever since. So, it's been five full years now. <laughs> like, where does the time go? I don't know. But in this episode, I want to dive into how we actually create a give back, some of the biggest obstacles that come up with a giving, some ways giving looks inside my business, and how to become a giving company starting today. Okay. So back in 2018, I still did not know a whole lot about sustainable margins and what that really meant. When I paid off that 30K in debt and started paying myself more, Finally, there were definitely some mindset shifts that I had to make back then, which I alluded to in last week's episode, right? Which PS, I think we're going to need a whole episode on paying ourselves more, but I digress. <laughs> One of the things that was really important to me is that if I was going to make more, I also wanted to give more too. And so as I stepped into giving myself a consistent paycheck for the first time, I also stepped into consistently giving too. And to make that happen, I added a giving allocation to the traditional profit first accounts I was already setting up. And I opened a specific bank account that was just for philanthropic giving. Okay. That's an account that I still have open today. The thing about learning to give that year though, was I didn't know what causes I wanted to support, what I actually wanted to be doing with this money, what system I was going to create around it, nor how it would feel to intentionally give. Would it feel good and like I was giving from a place of generosity or would it feel saviory? Okay. And as a white woman, 
This was a very present fear for me as I was deep in my inner work of waking up to white supremacy that year and at the very beginning stages of building awareness of how money intersects with literally every single system of oppression, right? So obviously this concern was a valid one and it still is, okay, which we'll talk about in just a second. But what I arrived to is there is a difference between giving and equitable giving, which is something we're going to dive into into this episode, okay? So when I set out to become a giving company, there were a few core goals. The first was don't give just once, but give sustainably, right? Which comes down to determining a sustainable giving margin. Second is don't give just once, but give consistently, which comes down to a giving system, okay? The third was to allow giving to deeply connect me to the things I most cared about, which invited me to clarify the things I most cared about. Fourth was to make the distinction between giving and equitable giving, which invited me to stay engaged in my own DEI work. And fifth, decide how I wanted to hold giving and especially how I would communicate it as part of my business. Okay. So lots of things just with starting to become a giving company. So let's talk about what happened. So when it came to giving sustainably, I knew I needed to decide what percentage of my money I could give that I could maintain over time, okay? The other cool thing was deciding on a percentage versus a number amount also meant that as revenue increased, the amount I could give would increase too, which is such a huge win. So back in 2018, I started giving 5% of my total revenue, all right, which I maintained for two years. But as I started to grow my team, I shifted this back to 2% to give me more funds to pay my team well. This was also around the same time, I started teaching the complete dream money blueprint process to hundreds of other entrepreneurs where I was very up close and personal with so many other people's numbers and margins, right? And I started to really realize the sweet spot of that 2%. This was not only a sustainable margin for literally every business owner to step into, but it was also a margin that they could maintain. And that was the thing that I was most interested in, right? And it was here that I founded the 2% pledge, a social initiative that encourages you to pledge 2% of your gross revenue to organizations and causes and candidates who are creating equitable change. The 2% pledge, which you can take on my website, never touches a single dollar of your money. It simply allows you to give your 2% while others give their 2% that can add up to a world of change. And the best part is the pledge asks you to start giving at least 1% right away if you need a stepping stone to start giving and then increase it to 2% within the next 12 months. Now you might be thinking 2% doesn't sound like much, but the thing that I want you to know is I do not recommend that you give more than 2% until you you were making at least 250K in yearly gross revenue. And that's because as you're building up to that quarter million threshold, every single dollar counts so very much, especially as you're building your team, managing your reinvestments and all of those other key financial needs I mentioned before, okay? It's only when you're making more than 250K a year in gross revenue that I encourage you to start increasing your giving margin. But even then, it's not by much. For example, even when you're at 1 million in yearly revenue, I recommend giving no more than 5% until your business is really stable at this revenue level. And so if you are loving this margins percentages conversation, I lay out all of my recommended margins in both the Dream Money Blueprint and Dream Money Calculator. So you can really see how margins shift as revenue grows, always with an eye on ensuring you have sustainable margins for each of your seven key needs, okay? This is so, so good. So you might also be thinking though, 
that you'll just wait until you can give more, right? Like 2% for you right now, it might not be a lot. Maybe it is a lot. Who knows? A lot is very subjective, right? But the thing that I want to encourage all of us to ground down into is that giving from where you are is what strengthens your giving muscle and it bakes it into your money systems right here, right now. And the thing that I also want to remind you of is that your 2% makes a difference right here, right now. And your 2% will also grow over time. Not to mention your 2% plus my 2% plus every single person's 2% who is listening to this podcast episode right now, you start to see the collective bigness when all of our 2% are added together. Okay. So even if your 2% doesn't feel like a lot right now, when you couple that with everybody else's 2%, it becomes such a bigger impact. Okay. So all in all, 2% is a sustainable margin that I have found working with hundreds of businesses at this point that allow us to not just give once, but give in a way that we can maintain, which also adds up to more impact over time. And so if you want to start giving 2% of your revenue, I invite you to make official by taking the pledge at meganhale.co slash pledge. Okay. Now choosing to become a giving company is truly just the first step. How are you going to ensure that you are giving the money you set aside, right? And this comes down to creating a giving system, which has definitely evolved for me over time. Your first step is creating a giving fund, which is simply a bank account that you will move your one to 2% of revenue into every other week. What I can share is that if you do not set this money aside, it is so easy for this to become a practice that you overlook. But when you see money in that account, every time you log into your bank, it will remind you to disperse your funds. So create a giving fund, okay? Honestly, this is the hardest part about becoming a giving company is simply opening up your funds because it's adulting, right? Which is usually never any fun. But I can promise you it is so worth it. So open your fund and allocate your money every two weeks. And if you're new to allocating funds, definitely start by reading profit first. So you can get a lay of the land of how the system works, which will give you a great foundation. It's exactly where I started. Okay. So from here, we need to decide how you're going to give. And first of all, there are no wrong or right ways to give. <laughs> but what I have developed for myself is a quarterly give back that has gradually become a thirdly give back as that's how I typically structure my year in thirds, right? Instead of quarters. And I have also found that the way I like to give is donating 60% of what's in my giving fund to organizations and causes that are doing amazing work in the world. And 40% I preserve to give to those who need a helping hand where there is no 503C tax write-off, right? It's simply an emergency fund, so to speak, to help people out when they need it. So I've given to people who have lost everything in a house fire. I've given to people who need life-saving surgery because our health insurance in this country is absolute crap. I've provided meals to single moms who are running businesses and need one less decision on their plates that night. The giving has no rhyme or reason. I simply like being able to help and know that there's a system in place that is directly tied to my values here, okay? So the 40% is kind of easy, right? Like it's there when people need it. The 60% though has taken some time to figure out, especially finding organizations that I trust and clarifying the causes I most care about. And so when I first became a giving company, it felt overwhelming figuring out where to donate money. And chances are you might feel the same way. That's likely because you have multiple causes you care about, like how do you choose, right? You might also question where your dollars will have the greatest good, the greatest impact. And if I could give you any advice here, one thing that created an obstacle for me early on was being so intentional with my dollars that I had to find the right organization, the right cause, the right financial structure, et cetera. 
when what was really most important was choosing an organization that I believe in, doing my due diligence so I knew what percentage of my dollars would go to the actual cause versus being put to administrative fees, and not feeling like I had to be married to any particular cause or organization, okay? Basically, I could give around. Although I know how great it feels when you've partnered with a cause or organization, it can take some time to find your faves. And so in the meantime, I want you to keep your eye out for organizations who are doing great work and then use a website like Nonprofit Explorer or Charity Watch to vet that organization, which those are linked in the show notes, and then simply disperse your funds. It is through the act of giving that we learn what causes and organizations feel the best to get behind. And the thing is, is, we don't have to be married to any organization or any particular cause to start. Allow these organizations and these causes to gain your dollars over time, okay? A few organizations that I give to regularly include Together Rising for both their domestic and international philanthropy, Black Girl Ventures, which connects Black and Brown women founders with startup capital because representation and entrepreneurship and wealth matters to me, and our local food bank here in Omaha, especially around the holidays. What I found over time is that when you build a giving practice into your money systems, it invites you to ask yourself the question, what causes do I care most about? And how can I directly steward my money to care for these causes, right? Something that has been super present for me that I want to add on to my giving is really supporting social and emotional learning in schools because truly I feel like it would shift our freaking world. So I'm going to be adding on an organization this year to my own giving that is directly tied to that cause because I think it's such important work. And so the cool thing is as you become a giving company, you're really going to be developing your own system, right? Like I've seen some people choose three organizations that they want to support every year. I've seen some people choose one organization every single month. I've seen others save up all year and write a big fat check to their charity of choice. Because again, there's no right or wrong way. It's really developing your way that you get to decide. Okay. But it all starts with creating your giving fund and then choosing where you're going to disperse your money, how often you're going to disperse your money. Do you want to start on a quarterly basis like I did? Do you want to give money on a thirdly basis like I do now? Do you want to save up all this money and then choose one organization to give it to or several organizations to give it to throughout the year, right? And there's pros and cons of giving just once a year, right? The pros is that you allow that money to stack up throughout the entire year and then write some really sizable checks at the end, right? The drawback, though, is that those dollars are sitting in your bank account the whole year instead of having that ripple effect in the world. So just something for you to consider as you are thinking about what this might look like in your business. The last two pieces I want to dive into are the differences between giving and equitable giving and also how to hold giving, especially how to talk about it, because this is an important piece. So keep in mind, I am in no shape or form an expert on equitable giving. But what I will share from my white woman's perspective is that there is a risk in giving being very tied to saviorism and or soothing a guilty conscience while bypassing the actual real work. Okay. For instance, if you're going to support an organization doing equity work without looking at where you're upholding inequities, Giving can quite easily turn into a box you simply check versus doing the most important work that's truly needed, right? The easiest way to ensure you're giving equitably is to stay engaged in your own equity work. And equity work isn't just about race. It's such a broader concept that seeks to level the playing field. The more equity work you do, the more causes and organizations you'll be exposed to, which helps your dollars spread more equitably as a result. But more so, it ensures you're staying connected to your awareness of the world you want to help create, and more importantly, your role in helping create it. 
So that's why when you take the 2% pledge, it isn't just about giving money. It's about giving money through the lens of equity, which also asks for your commitment to stay connected to your own equity work. This is also a big piece for our last concept here, which is choosing how you want to hold giving. I'm sure we've all come across people who boast their donations, or when we come across a business that has a give back baked in, it's pretty easy to spot businesses that are doing it just to look good, right? Versus actually doing good. And here's my take. <laughs> if there are people who are giving to look good and who are actually giving, I really don't care. Like as long as they're actually giving to causes that are doing good in the world, that's what I care about most. I am not going to police their motives, okay? But giving and especially talking about giving can actually feel like an obstacle for lots of us because what if we come off as one of those people, right? Who's just trying to look good versus someone who actually cares. Here's what I want you to know. When we don't talk about our giving, we're reducing the visibility of the causes we care about and more importantly, the organizations that are doing amazing work in the world. When we talk about it consistently, we are raising that visibility and there are all different ways to talk about it, right? You can put something in your footer that says 2% of our proceeds are donated to causes fighting sex trafficking. You could create a quarterly report that shares where you've donated and send it to your community in an email. You could create a button on your LinkedIn bio page on Instagram that simply says, we give 2% to these organizations. That links to a page on your website with the organizations you support. We can share with our colleagues about our giving, which encourages them to give as well, but also normalizes talking about giving, which makes it feel safer. I think one of the other barriers that shows up for us when and if we talk about giving is that we'll open the floodgates for people to make the ask of us to give to them, okay? And that might happen. I've had that happen only once in the past five years since I became a giving company, and we're always allowed to say no. We might fear that others judge where we put our dollars or that we're boasty to talk about it. I've also had that happen exactly once in the past five years, and we have to realize that's other people's money stuff, right? It isn't ours to carry. We hold full sovereignty to choose where our dollars go, when they go, how they go. And just because we're a giving company doesn't mean we give without boundaries. And spoiler alert, <laughs> the fear of having people ask you for money because you're vocally a giving company is the same fear you'll have to navigate when you're making more money and people ask for a loan or a gift or what have you, right? Both of these situations will invite you to clarify your boundaries, how you give, how much you give, what makes you feel comfortable giving, et cetera, and you get to choose. What I can share from being a giving company for the past five years is I've never regretted being in a position to help when help is needed. By having a predetermined amount, I have asked my business to set aside that I know is sustainable for me to say yes to. I've never once regretted writing four-figure checks and five-figure checks to organizations that are doing amazing work in this world. And best believe, it has added so much more meaning to every single dollar that walks through my door. Because when we have a give back baked into our business, our revenue isn't just about us or our team or our clients or our families. It's about supporting people we'll likely never meet who might live a world away. It's about supporting people in your community who maybe you do get to put a face with a name, right? It's about connecting you to the power of your money and the good it can do when you're making even more of it. It's also about connecting you to your power of stewardship, your values, and turning heartache into change. Meaningful money has by far been the most powerful shift for me along my journey of reshaping the way money feels. Having meaningful money goals that are tied to my needs and dreams, like I mentioned in last week's episode, is one big piece of it. Having a meaningful give back that's directly tied to my values and the vision of the world I want to see is another. 
And of course, we still have one more episode to go as we dive into meaningful earning and marketing next week. But the thing that I'll leave you with is I have never met a client or community member who's regretted becoming a giving company. And I would love to add my 2% to your 2% if you feel called to take the pledge. So I'll go ahead and wrap this up here for today, y'all. The pledge can be found at meganhale.co slash pledge. And if you want help implementing your give back plan, I highly advise you join me in the Dream Money Blueprints or Dream Money Calculator as we will get the system set up and rolling. You're not only getting a powerful financial system for you in your business that will radically shift your financial fluency, but you'll also be supporting my dream of building an app that can get these tools to even more people to help them make more money and also give more money as they too take the pledge. I would absolutely be thrilled for you to have these tools at your fingertips, but also to have your support as I build this dream. So until next time, my friends, here's to the courage to keep showing up, even when clarity is still forming, knowing, trusting, believing the next right step is always on its way. See you soon. Mm -hmm.